Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. It's a member drive special edition of the program today. My special guest for the hour is Ken Sanders from Ken Sanders Rare Books in Salt Lake City. A time permitting, we'll also hear from Doug Peacock and Craig Childs from past programs. And we're inviting you, of course, to pledge your support to UPR to ensure that Access Utah continues uh, strong into uh, into the future. Uh, so, Ken Sanders, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Good morning, Tom. Uh, it's my pleasure, as always. We appreciate you uh, coming on uh, with us. Um, let me just right at the top here. You've um, yeah, you you have uh, have you moved to the Leonardo? Or are you in the process of moving? Oh, a big <laughs> big sigh. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we we we've been in the process for for a year now, and it'll probably take the rest of this year. Uh, you have to realize that um, I'm dealing with a nonprofit bureaucracy in the Leonardo, as wonderful as they are, and um, a much larger bureaucracy uh, in Salt Lake City. Um, I'm happy to report as of December 7th of last year, uh, because of my nature, the, the, the Leonardo has have been really doing a lot of great programming and partnering with nonprofits, um, and technically, you know, I'm not one, so the review process and the legal process to allow a, on paper at least, for-profit, those were air quotation marks, to into a non-profit that is technically owned and leased by the city to the Leonardo, you, we could spend the whole show on that and not even get it covered. So let's not do that. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that it's happening. I'm very pleased that, as I've started to say, December 7th of last year, the city, Salt Lake City Council voted 7-0 to zero in favor of allowing uh, Ken Sanders Rare Books to move into the Leo. Uh, thank you to the, all the hardworking people behind the scenes at the city, the city council members themselves, and our lovely mayor, uh, Aaron Mendenhall for that. But that just means the work has just begun. We hope to open a 300 square foot. We have a bookstore over there now. We still, the old bookstore, the 25 year old bookstore here I'm sitting in, will be with us through the end of this year. And trying to run two bookstores is driving me mad. <laughs> but we hope to open yeah. a 300 square foot children's book center over there by the 1st of May. Uh, when I get off of this interview, I'm off to fetch fixtures to to uh, make that happen. Oh, that'd be fun. The, yeah. the the endless there are hundreds and hundreds of details and the expenses of trying to do the build outs and I mean a sheet of plywood costs forty five dollars. A single two before is eight bucks. It's just completely and utterly nuts out there. Um, but I don't want to give up. I'm I'm old, but I'm too stubborn to give up. I want to keep selling books. I'll do it till till I can't anymore. Till I'm gone. So it, it's it's problematic. Um, like you guys, like Utah Public Radio, we need funds too. Um, I can't make enough in selling cheap books to to create this vast empire now. It's my problem, I admit, but if your listenership should care to help us, you 
can donate to us through our Ken Sanders Rare Books, Save Ken Sanders Rare Books on GoFundMe. But let's let's turn it. This is about a fundraiser for Utah Public Radio, Tom, and I have some ideas for this hour I want to spring mm. on you real quickly. Oh, okay, yes, go They're ahead. Only, these are premiums I'm going to offer. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll take care of getting them to you. We'll work that out later. We we'll right. need to do that on air. So I'm so three of the items I'm going to give you, these are for $100 pledges, okay? There's one each. I'm going to give you, we just barely had... Um, Wilderness and Grizzly Bear Warrior Douglas Peacock, the inspiration for the George Washington Hayduke character in Edward Abbey's novel, The Monkey Ranch Gang. Dougie was just here. We had a big successful event, our first big public event at the Leonardo in their 200-seat auditorium, which is going to be wonderful going forward. His brand-new book is called Doug Peacock, Was It Worth It? Uh, a Wilderness Warrior's Long Trail Home. It's first edition autographed copy, and that is one of our $300 premiums. Uh, next up is maybe a lot of your listenership, I'm guessing, know who Joe Hill is. Yes. But Ammon Hennessy was a Catholic anarchist, longtime member of the International Workers of the World, a.k.a. Wobblies, and ran for decades here in Salt Lake City the Joe Hill House of Hospitality and was a thorn in state government's side. He was constantly protesting up at the state capitol. He's not as well known as Joe Hill. Of course, we're the state that killed Joe Hill more than 100 years ago. There's a brand-new biography, Christian Anarchist, Ammon Hennessy, A Life on the Catholic Left by William Marling. We're hosting him this Saturday night at the Ken Sanders Rare Books Shop at the Leonardo. Uh, his special guest will be Joan Thomas, Ammon Hennessy's 96-year-old widow. And that is premium number two, Ammon Hennessy, Doug Peacock, premium um, number uh, one. Number three is Craig Childs. Uh, who we've had many, many times. Craig will be returning on April 16th, This again at the Ken Sanders Rare Books at the Leonardo location, up in the 200-seat auditorium on the third floor, uh, for his new book, which is called uh, Rock Art on the Colorado Plateau. going to be an unusual take with Craig Childs. Joining him that evening will be the musician, favorite local woman, Kate Cloud will be accompanying him in his performance on her violin or fiddle, as you may choose to call it. So those are our three hundred dollar premiums for this hour. Well, wonderful. Go ahead and send the <clears throat> tell the info part because I'm no good at that. Oh, oh, okay. Thank you. Well, that's very generous of you. Thank you so much. We appreciate that a lot. Um, so that all, all autograph first editions. All autographed first editions, uh, courtesy of uh, Ken Sanders, uh, Ken Sanders Rare Books, uh, who we have on with us right now on Access Utah. So if you're interested in any of those, $100 pledge will get you that. Uh, one, Only one of each, right? So the first one yes, in sir. with $100. Yep. Uh, tell yep. us which one you want, and uh, you'll get that. Uh, also, today is New Member Monday. 
So if uh, we really need you, uh, of right. course, if you're ongoing, we need you. And if you're a new potential new member, we really need you. So you could come on board. We're $100 and get one of those uh, three books or whatever level you want to come in at. Uh, and our friends Lauren and Andy Keller have put forth $1,200 in this new member challenge. Wow. Uh, they're hoping to use that donation to encourage 25 new members to donate to UPR. So once we get 25 new members, that'll unlock that $1,200. And if you come in at 100 bucks. Um, you'll get one of those three books. Of course, if you're already a member, thank you. If you're renewing, your support's still needed and appreciated as we work toward our $60,000 spring fundraising goal. So uh, that's, you've sweetened the pot there, uh, Ken Sanders. Thank you so much. So uh, Doug, Doug Peacock's new books, one of those. Craig Child's new book, uh, one of those, uh, autographed first edition, and a biography of uh, Ammon Hennessy uh, by, yes, by, by William Marley. Marley. Uh, so any of those three books, $100, will get you those, and uh, we, we do appreciate that a lot, uh, Ken Sanders. Um, well, let's, let's hear a little bit from, a, uh, knowing that you had that event with Doug Peacock, and uh, you have a friendship uh, with him. Of course, Doug Peacock, a fascinating character, um, fascinating individual. Um, uh, I went well, back to, I, yeah, go ahead. I've, I've known Dougie for oh, decades now, I think late 70s, early 80s, it's hard to remember exactly. I think I met him through uh, Terry Tempest Williams when, back when she was at the Natural History Museum here and was uh, showing his uh, Grizzly Years uh, Peacock's War uh, film. Um, Doug and I have done had many, many adventures over those decades. And before you pay, play this clip, to get it, see, he was a, he, he was a Green Beret medic in Vietnam in the 60s. When he got back home, um, he kind of needed to find something higher up on the food chain than himself. And he, like many of our young men of that era, he was a lost soul. And he found the wilderness and the grizzly bears in the open spaces of Montana. And They've been good for each other. Doug is a wilderness warrior like nobody you've ever seen. Um, and he's he's just he's indescribable. You have to, to, to really see and meet him. And despite uh, his and I advanced ages these days, he's still out there pitching it. He's got his own Save the Yellowstone Grizzly Foundation. He's worked heavily with Dennis Sizemore at Round River Conservation over the years, saving habitat and saving wild animals. And if there was any person, if, you're, if, you're, if you were lost in the wilderness, anywhere in the world, now your goal, we're not talking about on a backpack trip or a river trip. We're talking about being lost and needing to survive. I would submit to you, that you would want Doug Peacock with you. It would decidedly be unpleasant. But if anybody could get you out, I'm not saying intact, but alive, it would be Douglas or Apaho Peacock. Wonderful. Thank you for that introduction. Um, Doug Peacock, also the, also the model for Hey Duke, right, in the Monkey Wrench Gang? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, I've had a chance to interview him twice, and uh, hopefully a third time. He has the new book out, so we'll reach out to yeah. him and hopefully get him get him again. I'm glad you got him in for that event at uh, Ken Sanders Rare Books. Uh, so let's just hear a bit of this. This is from an interview from 2014 when he was uh, coming to Salt Lake City 
uh, for an event, a symposium called This is Land is Your Land, Toward a Better Understanding of Nature's Resilience Building and yeah. Restorative Power for Armed Forces Personnel, Veterans, and Their Families. Of course, that fits his experience uh, very well. So this is just a, uh, a portion, five or six minutes, from my conversation then with Douglas uh, Peacock. Let's hear this. And uh, he says that after the war, he was a, an emotional and spiritual wreck. He crawled into the mountains that he loved, found that solitude in the wilderness was exactly what he needed to confront the demons of Vietnam. And he credits grizzly bears with restoring his soul. Uh, he is the model for Hayduke in Edward Abbey's The Monkey Wrench Gang. He'll give the keynote address at a symposium in Salt Lake City this week. It's called This Land is Your Land. It's about uh, wilderness and land in uh, restoring and uh, healing armed forces personnel, veterans, and their families. That symposium uh, begins tomorrow evening with that keynote address by Doug Peacock, 7 o'clock at the University of Utah Conference Center, and continues then, uh, symposium does through Saturday. So, Doug Peacock, before the break, uh, I mentioned this, you, that you had a, I'd read you had a map. I don't know whether it was the Rockies or was some places that you loved, and you would pull this out while you were in Vietnam and, and imagine some of these beloved places, and that would help you. Yeah, it was just a little little dorky roadmap of the Rocky Mountains, you know, mostly just uh, you know, Wyoming and Montana and parts of Utah. But, you know, I, 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 uh, I smuggled it in my, in my military notebook, in which I was supposed to keep my military notes. And, you know, before Vietnam, during the lectures, I just stared at this map and, you know, traveled with me to Vietnam. I had, I had a special artifact, a, a kind of a big arrowhead that a friend gave me, and it was magic, and it was supposed to be a talesman to protect me from any enemy bullets. And for the most part, it worked. And uh, along with staying alive, I needed a reason to stay alive for. And that was the map. And so, you know, uh, after sitting in an A camp, after being mortared like hell, and, uh, you know, by by the, the local Viet Cong with with uh, lots of uh, civilian mass casualties after they've all been medevaced. I'd go back up and you know after the fight was over in the middle of the night I'd pour myself a whiskey coke or whatever and I'd get out this map and in my mind I'd travel over this map and I'd see these great big blank areas like in the Wind River Range or Yellowstone or up in Glacier empty country down in southern Utah, and, you know, in my mind, I'd, I'd fly over these places like an eagle, and, uh, you know, that's that's what I wanted to stay alive for. That's what I wanted to come back to. Mm. And, uh, you know, that, the, the road map in the Arrowhead kept me alive and gave me a reason to stay alive, because it was towards the end of my tour, uh, and then this happened just not uncommon. I mean, I found myself waltzing around in fire fights like I was a ghost warrior, you know. I just, I was just impervious. And uh, I took a lot more chances than I probably should have. And more consciously, I wasn't aware of any, you know, death wish. I just, I'd lost all my fear, and uh, man, I needed that roadmap. I wonder if you'd uh, t- talk to me a bit about uh, the symptoms that you that you had following Vietnam. You came back. You said in a, in a previous interview, this really hit me. You said the soul can take a mortal wound; it'll never recover from. That you won't ever recover from PTSD, just to try to you know try to cope. 
Uh, and of course, PTSD wasn't even a diagnosis back then. No, you know, back then, first of all, uh, I, I didn't have any contacts. You know, I was just kind of a wacko, you know, and a firecracker would go off and I'd, I'd hit the dirt and all the, all the typical stuff. But I didn't know, you know, there was, I, I didn't know that anybody else had those problems. And it's curious because I hung out back, especially uh, when I got back almost immediately, I started hanging out with Ed Abbey. We'd take camping trips at one night. And, you know, Ed, whatever else you want to think, he rather nailed the PTSD stuff in his 1975 book, The Monkey Wrench Game. And, you know, it didn't even have a name then. We didn't know what the hell it was, but I thought he nailed it pretty accurately. He got the, you know, the, and he also realized that, you know, besides being a wounded warrior, that uh, here, you know, here was an energy, all that viable anger and training going to waste, and it could be channeled for, you know, positive purposes, you know, for a larger battle that's more in alignment with life and then taking life. And that is really, you know, the, protect, the protection and defense of wild nature. How did you encounter Ed Abbey? Was it out in the wilderness? What? How'd you meet him? No, I, I met him through Bill Eastlake. Bill Eastlake used to be the great father of literature in the Southwest. He wrote beautiful novels, and uh, Bill invited me over to his house uh, one winter night when he was living on the outskirts of Tucson when it was really pretty wild out there, and and uh, and I had a motorcycle and I couldn't find it right away, and. Uh, it was cold and wintry, even though it was Tucson. And uh, I finally found the place pulled in. And he had a bunch of, I don't know, writer-type, poet-type people sitting around. And I took a seat. There were about half a dozen people there. And I took a seat next to this guy with a dark beard. And at that time, I smoked cigarettes. So I tried to roll a, a bugle. You know, I had a little baggie full of uh, bugler tobacco and a, and a paper. And I tried to roll a little joint like a cigarette. When I got it up, I tried to light it, and my hands were shaking. I was so cold. couldn't light my little cigarette. And this guy next to me reached out a little lighter and gave me a light. I was that heavy. We talked about mountain lions. He invited me to come down to Oregon Pipe to see him. In those days, it was considered good manners if you show up, you know, with a bottle of whiskey and a six-pack of beer, and uh, that's what happened. Hmm. T tell us about Ed Abbey. He's sort of a, you know, icon at this point. Uh, Abbey the Man. Tell us about him. Abbey the Man, he was a cantankerous son of a, and he was capable of incredible generosity. And he, one of the, uh, what he was really good at is being a great friend. Not just to me, but to all kinds of people, uh, you know, he befriended all kinds of people, Jack Leffler and Chuck Bowden, and he was a there's a, a portion of that uh, conversation with Doug Peacock from 2014. You can find that at upr.org, by the way. Um, so, Ken Sanders, you you also knew Ed Abbey. How did you meet Ed Abbey? Well, I, you know, in a, a lifetime ago, um, I created the Cosmic Airplane Bookstore here in Salt Lake out of out of uh, Steve Jones's old uh, hippie head shop. Uh, on First South, and uh, I'd read Monkey Wrench Gang. This was in the 70s, and not long after it was published, uh, Ab Abby happened to walk in the, the shop, and um, I recognized him from his author photo on the book, and 
quickly asked him being being the 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 you know the money lender in the temple hey uh gee aren't you could you come in the back room and sign some books for me <laughs> <laughs> and while he was signing those books i uh <clears throat> took it upon myself to lecture ed who i didn't know on uh, this awful habit i perceived of uh, hey duke and company seldom and bonnie Doc wandering around the uh, West littering uh, beer cans and actually using beer cans as kind of a crude uh, odometer, if you will, to measure mileage in the vast Southwest. And I lectured him on, on that. And despite that beginning, we did become pretty good friends, did a lot of uh, environmental adventures together, a lot of uh, chasing the Secretary of the Interior, James Watt, around the West, and uh, a, a bunch of river trips, too. So we got to know um, Ed, Ed. Ed loved to provoke people. As Peacock said, he could be incredibly generous, but boy, howdy. He wanted to make you think. He wanted to, he wanted to get you to think and to act, and uh, he, was, he was pretty, pretty good at it, I think. Uh, later on in that uh, that interview with Doug Peacock that we didn't hear, um, uh, Doug Peacock, the the uh, model for Hey Duke, right? So I ask him, what do you think of Hey Duke? And then Doug Peacock says, Well, I'm I'm smarter than Hey Duke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no question that Doug's smarter than Hey Duke, and and literally, I mean, the four characters you can argue a bit: uh, Ken Slight, Seldom Seen Smith, Ingrid, Ingrid uh, from New York, Bonnie Absug, and you know. Peacock is hey do they're not literally those people. They were friends of Ed and he took characteristics from them to use in his novel. Whether you want to call it a appropriation or a misappropriation. Certainly Doug went through a period in his life where he was pretty pissed off and oh I'm sorry, I shouldn't be swearing. He was awfully annoyed. Doug Peacock was awfully annoyed at Ed Abbey for thrusting him into the role of, of Hey Duke, but he's gotten over it. He's gotten over it by now, yeah, yeah. Uh, earlier in that uh, conversation that we heard from uh, Doug Peacock, uh, he, it really struck my imagination. He was out there in Vietnam, but uh, part of what helped him to survive, to, to keep on wanting to live, is imagining just uh, imagining this country, this out in Montana or wherever it was. Yeah, it, no, exactly, and and. Yeah, the, I, I really liked his comments about the, the PTDS um, stuff in that, in the Monkey Wrench Gang, which he's, he's absolutely right on, but nobody knew what that was then, as you pointed out, uh, Tom. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty... And, and I loved it. He, he talked briefly about, just in passing, how he met Ed with uh, William Eastlake, who mostly was in New Mexico, but I guess he lived in Arizona for a while, too. I didn't know him well, but I did know him. He was the dean of Southwest writers of that period. Ed certainly looked up to him. And his first three Southwestern novels, um, Going Beauty, The Bronx People, Portrait of an, Art, of an Artist with 26 Horses, are just beautiful, lyrical novels of the Southwest, as good as anybody ever wrote. And he uh, kind of died a bitter old man, kind of his works neglected, out of print, nobody paying attention to him. But they're still as good of books as they were when he wrote them back in the 50s and the 60s, and definitely worth seeking out. And that's part of what, you know, 
Tom, you've got your job, the radio thing, with, with keeping news and culture and history alive and reaching communities. You're, you know, you're in Logan, Utah, you know, it, it ain't New York, it ain't L.A., but we have our culture here, we have our history here, we have our authors here, and the news, we need people like you, we need stations like UPR as a nonprofit. You largely work on donated money, and it has to come from somewhere, and it has to come from like-minded people that want to improve the planet, improve our habitat, not just for us humans, because, boy, we are a bunch of greedy, stupid people that just seem to, to you know, <clears throat> destroy our own sandbox. But we have to break this, 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 just this use and abuse of our planet that's going on. Maybe over in Eastern Europe, World War III has already started. And, you know, I don't want to get into a whole climate change thing, but we're, unless we change, unless we give up the rampant greed, um, the planet's doomed, and we're all doomed with it. So people that care, that's what my bookshop tries to do. Maybe I'm a little bit old to be an activist anymore, but we tried to teach by example. We worked with, you know, as you know, this banned book thing is popping up. It's, it's always been with us long before I was born, and it'll continue. But what, <clears throat> what we're doing, every banned book we hear about in the state of Utah, we order it in. Now, some of them are classics, and we know them. We always have them anyway. But a lot of this new, especially, uh, you know, LBGT and all this new new issues that are so important to to our, our youth, I don't know these books. So the, the, the people that are banning them are doing me a favor by allowing me to know what they are so I can order them in and sell them here at the store. And it's going quite well. Most recently, we've done the same thing with Ukrainian authors. Man, I couldn't have, I still can't name them because I can hardly pronounce their names, but we have a budding selection, and they're really hard to find in print and in English in this country, but we've got a budding section of Ukrainian books by Ukrainian authors now, and we we try to do that. We try to give people books or tools, books or tools, radio stations or tools, and we can, we have to all join in helping the planet if we want to keep it. Well, let's uh, take a break. Before we uh, take the break, let me remind you that, uh, of course, we are raising money for Utah Public Radio. Ken Sanders from Ken Sanders Rare Books is helping us. Thank you so much. And a reminder that we have a $1,200 new member Monday challenge. And so this is from Lauren and Andy Keller, longtime friends of the station. Uh, they put forward $1,200 in this new member challenge. Uh, we're encouraging 25 new members to donate to UPR today. That will, when we get the, the 25th person, that will unlock uh, this uh, $1,200 from Lauren and Andy Keller. Uh, so we hope you'll do that. Of course, if you're already a member and you're renewing, thank you to you. Your support, of course, still needed and very much appreciated. Hope that uh, you will um, pledge right now while you're thinking about it. Here's how to do that. So you go to the website, upr.org, upr.org. That's upr.org. 
uh, or you can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. The website, again, upr.org, upr.org. And uh, Ken Sanders has generously offered uh, three books. These are first edition autographed books, uh, each of these for a pledge of $100 to Utah Public Radio. So Doug Peacock's new book is one of those. Uh, there's a biography of Ammon Hennessy um, by William Marley. And, there, and the Craig Childs uh, new book, uh, Tracing Time, is one of those. Uh, one of each, so $100, you uh, take your pick, let us know which one you want, and uh, then it's it's gone. Uh, so th- those are options for you as well, and thank you to uh, Ken Sanders. Well, let's take a break. We'll come right back. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Uh, we have with us for the hour Ken Sanders of Utah, Salt Lake City icon. And uh, from Ken Sanders Rare Books in Salt Lake City, uh, he's helping us to uh, raise money here during the member drive at uh, Utah Public Radio here on Axis Utah. Love to see uh, some great support for Axis Utah to continue this program going forward. And a reminder that uh, we have some help also from Lauren and Andy Keller, longtime friends of, uh, the, of Utah Public Radio. They've issued a new member Monday challenge. So they're encouraging you, if you're a new member uh, to you, potential new member to Utah Public Radio, just a couple of minutes, uh, go to the website or make that call and uh, just basic information, and you'll be a new member of Utah Public Radio. And you'll help us unlock, if we get 25 new members today, help us unlock this $1,200 from Lauren and Andy Keller. Of course, if you're already a member and you're renewing, thank you so much. Your support very much needed. And a reminder that Ken Sanders is helping us out. Uh, thanks so much. He has uh, he has offered uh, three books, first edition autographed books, uh, for a hundred dollar pledge uh, each. Uh, there's one of only one of these each. Uh, uh, so the first was Was It Worth It? A Wilderness Warrior's Long Trail Home by Doug Peacock. Uh, the second is Christian Anarchist: Ammon Hennessy: A Life on the Catholic Left by William Marling. And the third is Tracing Time, Seasons of Rock Art on the Colorado Plateau by Craig Childs. All are autographed first edition copies, $100. Uh, We'll get you one of those books. Just let us know which one you would like. So, Ken Sanders, thank you so much for that. Appreciate that. You're welcome, Tom. Um, And let's raise the the bar, shall we? I love the idea of the Keller Challenge. So we're going to add six in this second half hour. We're going to add six broadsides that uh, I've produced uh, to to the mix, okay? Okay, thank they're, you. They're, keep it simple, 100 buck donation. There's only one each. Two of them are broadsides that uh, I wrote. I call them pandemical broadsides that I wrote at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I may have read them. I'm not going to read them right now because I want to read a Wendell Berry one. The Look of Beat is by me, and the other one is... Minotaur in my rearview mirror. The first is about the beat generation, and the second is about pandemic nightmares. But for the uh, about five years ago, um, <clears throat> Back of Beyond Books uh, produced a manuscript edition for the 50th uh, anniversary of Ed- Edward Abbey's Desert Solitaire, and he tasked me with getting four broadsides produced, which after many travails, got done. So we're going to throw those into the mix. There are, there's one each. Um, the authors are Doug Peacock, 
Garlics and Jackrabbits, Terry Tempest Williams, uh, Untitled, but 50, uh, 50 it, it, it's very hard to explain. You have to read it. Very, okay. very clever. Uh, Amy Irvine, Desert Cabal, A New Season in the Wilderness, and Wendell Berry, Edward Abbey's Gone. All of these are signed. They're 100 copy editions. They're beautifully, all six of these broadsides are beautifully designed with artwork by a phenomenal Salt Lake artist named Claire Taylor. And I would like to read, short, Wendell Berry's Edward Abbey's Gone. All right. Not long, not long after he passed in 1989. The old oak wears new leaves. It stands for many lives. Within its veil of green, a singer sings unseen. Again the living come to light and are at home. And Edward Abbey's gone. I pass a cairn of stone, two arm lengths long and wide, piled on the steep hillside by plowmen years ago. Now oaks and hickories grow, where the steel coulter passed, where human striving ceased, the Sabbath of the trees returns and stands and is. The leaves shake in the wind. I think of that dead friend here where he never came, except by thought and name. I praise the joyous rage that justified his page. He would have liked this place where spring returns with solace of bloom in a dark time, larkspur and columbine, the flute song of the thrush sounds in the underbrush. Wendell Berry. Wendell Berry, beautiful. So that's one of the broadsides that can be yours for a pledge of $100 to Utah Public Radio. Uh, there are six broadsides, so one each, right? Uh, so yep. $100 Wendell Berry, for each of those. Wendell yeah. Berry, Amy Irvine, Terry Tempest Williams, Doug Peacock, and two by myself. All right. Well, thank you so much. That's very generous, uh, along with those three books. So the, all of those are options for you. Hope you'll take advantage of that. Here's how you reach us. Uh, UPR.org is our website, and you can look at other thank you gifts as well there, UPR.org, UPR.org, or you can call us, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Your support for Access Utah and for Utah Public Radio, uh, sweetened by these offers from, uh, from Ken Sanders. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I want to ask you, uh, Ken Sanders, I was curious about this. Um, I was reading an article in Salt Lake Tribune, an interview you gave on the occasion of your, you know, transferring over to Leonardo. And they were, you were talking about the crowdfunding campaign. Um, you, you know, during the height of the pandemic, friends urged you, uh, hey, raise some money through crowdfunding. That's, that's still ongoing. You can still give to the to Ken Sanders rare books there. Um, and online sales, of course, occasioned by the pandemic. Uh, you said that, that showed you that your store attracts a younger demographic than you had thought, and and you uh, so maybe tell me about that. What what are younger people reading? Uh, you know, they they're they're reading many many of the same old classics and field. I'm constantly impressed. Every once in a while, I'll kind of jump on an inquiry. How do you know about this author? And they kind of jump back a little bit, as I sort of do it in an accusatory tone. But I'm very, very impressed with the, 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 the breadth and the width and the depth of what they're reading, plus 
they're coming in here, and I learned this a long, long time ago in the cosmic airplane days. Listen to your customers, to the people that populate your bookstore, because they know about books and subjects and things that you don't, and you should listen and follow them. And when they want some new author I'm bewildered by and I've never heard of, we write it down and we try to get it in. And that's the way, you know, if you don't learn something new, that's the beauty of this book business. You learn something new, new authors, new books, new places to go um, every single day of your life. And that's what keeps me motivated. And I felt like, I mean, two, 3,000 people have donated money to, to keep, cause I, to keep this bookstore going. And I feel like I have a mandate that I need to, I mean, I don't mean it that way. I want to continue, clearly. I'm out of my mind, but we've known that for some decades. <laughs> um, I have too many books, and I keep buying too many more books because I can't help myself. I just bought a wonderful collection of Eastern European literature and photography books, and I bought these not sight unseen, but I'm buying books you have to. To be successful in this business, you have to have a knowledge, not really a knowledge, but a, an awareness of books that, and authors you've never, ever seen or heard of before. You don't know their names, and particularly for me with the Eastern European authors, it's really hard to learn how to pronounce them properly. But you have to go there. You have to go places where you've never been. So we have, we're, we're overflowing with, with all this Eastern European stuff right now. And we just, I just bought this huge um, Hopi and Zuni and Navajo collection of books. And I just, it's what I live for, Tom. If, if I couldn't do this, I'm, I'm like a beaver without trees. I have to have books to devour and more books all the time. Uh, let's take another break. Before we go uh, to the break, um, tell us again, uh, Ken Sanders, why, why should people, you know, you, you listen to your public radio station, why should you give? Well, it, it's obvious. You, you just stated the, the, the call and the response. You give because you listen. Why are you here listening to, to Tom letting some crazy man from Salt Lake babble on his radio station? I mean, you can get past that, because I only get this one hour, and then you can go back to, to the good stuff, the really good program that independent and public radio stations do. They're, they don't have advertisers. They have sponsors, yeah, but there's a big difference. Uh, there's, there's nobody saying, hey, here's a big pot of money if, uh, if you do the story uh, that, that we like, that we want this narrative pushed. You're independent, and you're just trying to give people news in the real world. And with this digital age that we live in, um, that's harder and harder. How can we trust what we hear and absorb anymore? It's getting very, very difficult. And that's why we need Utah Public Radio, which is a statewide station, I might add. So it serves metropolitan areas and the rural towns and cities uh, throughout the entire state, correct? It, it does, yes, yes. Yeah, definitely does. 
Oh, well, thank you so much, uh, Ken. Uh, just uh, And here's how to give, uh, Ken, is eloquent, uh, Ken has eloquently put it. UPR.org, UPR.org, uh, fast and easy, secure server there, UPR.org, or you can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Hope that you will. A reminder that we have uh, New Member Monday uh, here. It's a challenge from Lauren and Andy Keller, longtime friends of UPR. They're challenging potential new members to Utah Public Radio. We definitely need you a lot. And uh, so if you've maybe considered uh, becoming a new member, uh, now is a great uh, time to jump in at upr.org or 800-826-1495. We need 25 new members today. That will unlock $1,200 from Lauren and Andy Keller. Of course, if you're already a member and you're renewing, thank you so much. Your support very much needed, and uh, we'd love to have your renewal of your membership. Ken Sanders has sweetened the pot uh, quite a bit. Uh, three books for a pledge of $100 each. Um, only one of these each, uh, autographed in first edition. Was it worth it? A Wilderness Warrior's Long Trail Home by Doug Peacock. That's his new book. Uh, Christian anarchist Ammon Hennessy, A Life on the Catholic Left by William Marling. And uh, the other book is Tracing Time, Seasons of Rock Art on the Colorado Plateau. That's the new book from Craig Childs. Those are each autographed, 100, uh, uh, first edition uh, copies, $100 for any of those, only one of those. And then uh, Ken Sanders has added six broadsides, two by Ken Sanders and four Ed Abbey-themed uh, broadsides by Doug Peacock, Terry Tempest-Williams, Amy Irvine, and Wendell Berry. Each of those, $400 each. So. Yep. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, hope uh, hope you're if you're interested in those, uh, uh, call now because there's only one of each. One eight hundred eight two six one four nine five or upr.org. Let's take another break. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Uh, you're listening to a special uh, member drive edition of the program, and uh, we have with us. Ken Sanders from Ken Sanders Rare Books, uh, who is in two places, at least for the rest of the year, right, Ken? Uh, your original location, then you're moving over to Leonardo. So uh, you can find you find you both places, can you? Uh, mostly here at the old shop. Ah, okay. I mean, we're occupying and moving hundreds and thousands of books over there in a continuous stream. Like I said, we're building out the uh, three. We're going to have this marvelous children's book center. We're going to do live readings on Saturdays for the kiddies, where I will attempt to scare them to death <laughs> with my readings. So not not, not really, but... Yeah. But, by the and, way... And, and we oh, hope by late summer, we don't have a date yet, but we're going to do a mass, massive social media and everyone we can reach out to to volunteer and come help us form a human chain between uh, the bookstore and the Leonardo and move some hundred thousand books two blocks. Wow. Yeah, that, that'll be something to see. Hope, hope I'm going to need a couple photos thousand about, people, yeah. so I'll, I'll yeah. be counting on you to help me spread the word. Uh, okay, yes. Let us know. Let us know. Help spread the word on that. That'll be quite the event. Um, by the way, uh, Ken Sanders, um, two of those books have been have been taken. We've gotten hundred dollar pledges Excellent. for the Doug Peacock book and the William Marling book. Uh, so, so there's gone one of those pledges was a new member. So we're chipping away Yay. toward that that uh, uh, new member Monday challenge. So still available is Craig Child's new book, Tracing Time. That's autographed and first edition for hundred dollars a pledge to UPR. 
let us know you want that, and uh, we'll get that out to you. And we have six broadsides, two of those by Ken Sanders himself, and uh, four are Ed Abbey-themed, and those are by, respectively, Doug Peacock, Terry Tempest-Williams, Amy Irvine, and Wendell Berry, and those for $100 each. They're beautiful. Uh, They're very limited. They're signed. They're absolutely stunningly gorgeous things, and they're very hard to find. So those, uh, so thank you so much for offering those. We re- really appreciate that. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask you. You mentioned a, a, a big event. You you helped to uh, to get you know a thousand people or something to form a human chain and move the books. That reminded me of uh, you, you've you sponsored, organized uh, big events uh, kind of throughout your career, including the state of Utah's largest ever poetry reading. That was one. I claim. Uh, yeah, yeah. 1,000 people at the uh, Salt Lake City Downtown Library with lit, led off by Alex um, Caldiero, our sonosopher, performing Allen Ginsberg's Howl on its 50th anniversary. Yeah. That was a sight to behold and to hear. I've been doing events since the 1970s with Edward Abbey, Wendell Berry, Barry Lopez, Terry Tempest. Williams, Utah Phillips, Rosalie Savelle, Katie Lee, and hundreds, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of events over those years. And this new space at the Leonardo will give us a nice, intimate space inside the main floor of the bookstore. I should say, we, we, we have about 1,600 square feet on the main floor, which isn't nearly enough. But it will, it will give us a space when we move some bookcases out of the way that will get put on wheels. Um, to hold smaller, intimate events in the bookshop proper, but then we also will have 2,500 square feet uh, down in the sub-basement that will become the used and rare book kingdom, if you will, fiefdom, whatever. And we will also have access to a 200-seat auditorium at the Leonardo uh, up on the third floor. And the spaces and the different people there and the different shows that the Leo, there's going to be a lot of synergy. They, they have got, um, um, they've got all manner of nonprofit partners in there. The Utah Dene uh, folks, the Navajos are in there. The Black Chamber of Commerce is in there. A couple of different uh, Latinx groups are in there now. And it's just going to be a really great synergy. And we're going to do Coming out of this pandemic, we're, we're going to try and all do our our parts to, you know, expose people to the culture and history uh, of everyone from indigenous peoples to Mormon pioneers and things that are important for us to continue um, life on this planet. Um, I want to ask you, um, you know, the, you did a poetry show as well with uh, Alex Caldero, right? What, yeah, uh, for, for 21 months yeah, uh, we okay. did. Yeah. Uh, and we had a ball. We keep talking about reviving it, but mm-hmm. haven't gotten around to it. I love, I do have a, um, uh, not that I have anything to do with it. My friends Kate McLeod and Eric Temple have been kind enough to, record me in various environments back in the beginnings of the pandemic. I think we all had maybe a little more downtime. So there's a Ken Sanders Rare Books YouTube channel of all things. I, I call it the Ammo Can Library, and we've recorded about a dozen 
uh, of my favorite readings everywhere from here in the bookshop to my home, and Kate recorded me reading Wendell Berry and Gertrude Stein down in the Grand Canyon three years ago. And we also did a spin-off one. Uh, I did about a dozen children's book shows where, again, I attempt to terrorize young people by exposing them to my favorite books. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so I was going to ask you, um, obviously books are important you know, in your profession, but it, important to you personally as well. What, uh, what, what do you get from literature and poetry? Boy, it's, it's so hard to define because so many people, oh, well, I don't like poetry. Well, to those people, I'd say, you just haven't read the, the right poetry, that's all. Um, I get a deep sense of, of inspiration from good poetry. I get a, a sense of, I mean, from poetry and literature, I mean, reading um, Zora Neale uh, Hurston or reading um, contemporary writers, they're writing about, things that are beyond my own person. You know, as this aging white male, there's this whole world out there that I don't know anything about. And whether it's Khaled Kosseini's uh, The Kite Runner or um, it, any any one of so many amazing books I, I could remember that I can't, um, they change my life because they, they make me aware of things that I, I need to know. And without their help, without these writers writing their own personal stories, um, I, for one, would be oblivious. I need poetry. I need literature. And it, it nourishes my soul. So we're coming down to the end of the program. To maybe, Ken, just one a final appeal to UPR listeners to become members, to, to, to give to their station. You're listening... Why aren't you giving? I mean, I've heard the numbers from various sorts of public radios, and I am always astonished by the tiny fraction of your listenership that actually donates money to you. I get it. Maybe you're a student going to Utah State University, and you don't have a lot of money. But, you know, you could give them five or ten bucks even. And during my own GoFundMe campaign, you know, the ones, I did get some, you know, larger donations, but the one that, the donations that got to me the most, Tom, were from people that were giving me five and ten bucks because you knew they cared, they wanted to help, they maybe weren't in a place where, you know, they had that, that was, you know, money out of their lives, out of their pockets that they needed. And I felt very humbled by that. And uh, so even if you can only give a little, uh, donate and figure out ways to volunteer your time if, if you can't um, give money. Yes, so thank you so much for that. Um, so the way to do that, uh, very simple, go to our website, upr.org, upr.org, that's upr.org, and or you can call us, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. And Ken Sanders has uh, very generously donated some uh, further incentives for you. Uh, we still have the uh, Craig Childs book, I believe, Tracing Time, Seasons of Rock Art on the Colorado Plateau. That's autographed, first edition, and that's for $100 to UPR. also have six broadsides. Two of those are by Ken Sanders himself, and uh, the other four are by Doug Peacock, Terry Tempest-Williams, Amy Irvine, and Wendell Berry, uh, respectively. And you can get one of those broadsides 
for $100 uh, donation to Utah Public Radio. Um, so I'll just mention here at the end, uh, Ken Sanders in the process of moving to the Leonardo, and your GoFundMe is still still up, right? You can still contribute to Ken yes, Sanders. Sir. Yes, it so is. So just look look for that on GoFundMe. And uh, in a, a future coming up, uh, he'll be needing you for that 1,000-person uh, uh, chain to, to move those books, uh, those two blocks. That'll be quite the event. Uh, uh, when, you, when you get ready for that, let us know. We'll help get the word out. Certainly will, Tom. Uh, Ken Sanders, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for helping out today. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity. It's always fun chatting with you, Tom. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Access Utah.